Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Luke 17. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men, someone say 10 men, who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them whom he saw was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I want to preach to you along this thought today. I came back to give him thanks. Can you find two people and say, high five them and say, I came back to church today to give Him thanks. Come on, one more time. Let's give Jesus a hand in the house of God. Come on. Praise God. You appreciate our worship team. Ah, grab your seat, guys. Grab your seat. Sir, how are you? Come here. Come on. It's good to see Mr. Mikado in the house. Um, have you ever wondered why your parents taught you certain things? Like uh, when I would go over people's houses when I was young, my mother would say things like this. Remember to say please and thank you. They'd say things like this. Remember to be good. Your parents have said it to you. Remember to be good. Remember to say please. Remember to say thank you. My, uh, my nephews were over at a house recently and I, I said to their mother, I said, man, you, your kids are amazing at saying please and thank you. And she said, that's because they're at your house. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, my parents, how about you, uh, taught you to make your bed? I thought that was the most useless task when I was young. I'm like, I'm going to mess it up again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it and then mess it up. Why would I ever do that? So in college, I don't think I ever made my bed. Might have made it four times in four years. I didn't even have the sheets around the mattress. It was just kind of somewhere in the middle there, you know? It was disgusting. And uh, there was a stage where my roommate and I, I'm not sure what our problem was, but uh, we didn't even have a trash can in our dorm. Yeah, it was in the corner. That's where we put stuff. My second date ever with my wife, February 10th was the first date, 2001. Um, we hadn't been dating long, and so, you know, you can't go too hard on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, she gives me a trash can <laughs> with cookies in it, chocolate chip cookies. She baked a little note in it. She was really saying to me, you're disgusting, <laughs> and if we get married, you will become a cleaner person. I didn't know that. I didn't get that memo at the time. I was like, wow, she's trying to change me. Why don't you love me for me? 
How many know every good woman is going to love you, man, to a little more wholeness, a little more cleanliness, a little more, little more, just... You, you, meet a, you meet a man and he like dresses okay and then all of a sudden he starts dressing sharp. It's not him. It's his lady. Like, we are going to change your wardrobe and you're going to look like you got a girlfriend. You are going to look like you got a girlfriend. That's right. I thought about what my parents taught me when I was young. I thought about that and I, and I realized really what they were doing was getting me ready for adulthood. Thank you. Please do the hard things first. I used to hate the one where they'd say, do your homework, then you can play. I'm like, I've just been to school for six and a half hours and I still got to go do more school. I think I had ADD before they ever knew what ADD was. <laughs> it's called being a young boy, to be honest, just bouncing off the walls. I need to go run, I need to go do something, you know? Have you ever thought about how selfish you would be if your parents didn't teach you to say thank you? Because how many know you're selfish enough as it is? <laughs> I know you're not. I mean the person next to you. I mean, I mean the person behind you. Um, I've discovered that gratitude is a path that you actually have to intentionally walk on. But you'll be happier in your life if you walk along that path. And how many know that sometimes your parents and sometimes your friends and sometimes your wife and sometimes your husband and sometimes just maybe a book you read, but how many know the Bible will make you walk down the path of gratitude? But if you walk down that path, you'll actually be a more thankful person. We are coming into a season really which you would call is a season of generosity in the Christian calendar. It's about giving. It's about, we do as a church, giving Christmas away every year. But I found that generosity flows in my heart far easier if I am thankful. What about you? So you can be rich but not thankful and generosity won't flow with you. But if you can be poor, but if you are thankful, generosity will be a natural thing that you do. Listen to what God told Moses or Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 10. He says this, when you have eaten and are satisfied, he says, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Be careful that you do not forget. Someone say, be careful. Be careful you don't forget the Lord your God. Have you ever met someone who's like, I made all the money by myself. You, made, you got rich on the internet. You didn't make the internet? I made up by myself. You didn't, you didn't make America? You didn't make the education system? You might sing the song of Frank Sinatra, I did it my way, but how many know you? It took a team of people to make you successful. But we can sometimes forget, can't we? Verse 12, otherwise when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses, someone say fine houses, settle down and when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold and increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the land of slavery. And verse 18 says, but remember, someone say remember. Remember the Lord your God for it is He who gives you the ability. Someone say ability. Didn't say it'd give you any wealth, it just said it'd give you the ability. He didn't, uh, they would have to sow the seed and tend the ground and wait for the harvest to come. But he gave them the ability to do it. And then he goes on to say, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as of this day. 
He was continually reminding them and reminding me and reminding you if you're old or young, black or white, male or female, doesn't matter. He says, I'm gonna need you to walk down a, a gateway called gratitude. And if you walk down that gateway called gratitude, you will actually be a happier person. Who wants to be a happier person? The people in the back don't wanna be happier. Come on, how many wanna be a happier person? And isn't it such a trick that we often think it's by acquiring more? How many of you probably have more than you had five years ago? Maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And it didn't actually make you happier. Have you noticed that? Why? Because we live in a land of blessing, a land of opulence, and it's easy to look at whatever's next, especially if you are entrepreneurial and you are a businessman of nature. You're like, man, I need to go get that next thing. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Actually, that's many times a God-given gift. But I want to encourage you today that if you don't allow gratitude to get deep in your heart, if you don't exercise gratitude, if you don't put gratitude on, you'll have more and be less happy. And you sit around and go, why? Let's jump into the text of Scripture today. Jesus is on His way somewhere. He is literally going to Jerusalem. He is literally going to die for the sins of the world. They don't arrest him by his surprise. He is not surprised when he gets arrested, but he is on his way to Jerusalem. And there are 10 men who have leprous conditions. It is literally at that day, it is a death sentence. It was not just a death sentence. It was a lonely sentence. For the moment a priest actually declared that you were leprous, you literally had to leave the city, your mother, your father, your cousins, your uncles, you had to leave your kids. It didn't matter if you were rich and successful. The moment you were declared leprous, actually you had to leave. And the only people you could hang around was other leprous people. That's a bitter crew, isn't it? Who are you hanging out with these days? The leprous crew. <laughs> Just bitter, hating life. And the Bible says that they cry out to Jesus. And then the Bible says this, I love this. It says, go show yourself to the priest. He gives them a command and the command doesn't heal them until they do it. Hear me now. The command does not heal them until they do it. Go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they go, they are healed. Why does God tell you to get to the house of God? Because as you go, you'll be healed. As you give thanks, you'll be healed. As, as you give praise, you'll be healed. As you give, you'll actually be healed of selfishness. Do you hear me? Jesus is saying, listen, as you go, you'll be healed. And there's this tingling moment where all of a sudden they are leprous people, but perhaps have not felt their fingers and their toes for a long time. And they're feeling tingling and they're like, oh, oh what is this? Uh-huh. And they're looking at each other, uh-huh. I think something's happening. And maybe, maybe it took a few minutes, maybe it was instantaneous, but I, I see like 10 leprous people just like looking at each other like, something's happening, I feel something happening, I feel something happening. And all of a sudden they get excited and people that had no hope all of a sudden had hope again. What I love about Jesus is that He gives hope to the hopeless. What I love about the house of God, it gives hope to the hopeless. They are hopeless. They are literally, they will die in their condition unless Jesus shows up. And as they go, they were cleansed. 
Have you ever noticed that sometimes you don't appreciate some things as much as you would? But have you ever met someone that had a near-death experience? I have. I, I met a man who is literally clinically dead for 45 minutes. That's a long time. But how many know when you come back from 45 minutes dead, and it literally wasn't just some story he made up. This story was on 60 Minutes. I got to spend some time with him. And how many know you come back with a new perspective? <laughs> Nothing's changed on the outside, but everything's changed on the inside, hasn't it? Nothing has changed on the outside. His financial condition has not changed. His family condition has not changed. But all of a sudden, there's this new lease of life. But I wanna tell you today, you don't need a near-death experience to get a new lease of life. You actually need to find yourself something called thankfulness and something called gratitude. And when you and I put that cloak on, you begin to smell different, look different, feel different. Come on, is anyone with me today in the house of God? Do you know that if I took someone from the 1800s, the early 1800s, and then just took them and gave them your life conditions, they would all of a sudden think they've got it going on like Donkey Kong. What do I mean? I, I want you to see this. The first car was made by a name by the name of Carl Benz in 1885. Now, I don't call that a car, do you? It's a little tricycle. That's a little weird calling that thing a car. This is the first automobile ever made by Carl Benz. Now, Henry Ford goes on about 20 or so years later and he makes the Model T. How many of you would have come to church today in the Model T? Some of you, some of you are still online. You're watching online. You're like, I can't get out of my house. What if you had the Model T? None of you were coming. <laughs> the internet is not made. The iPhone is not made. Check this out. Toilets. Plumbing. Chicago is the first city in America that had, that had a regular plumbing. Before that, it was for the rich. That's nasty, isn't it? Isn't that nasty? If you just really think about it, you're like, ah, oh, shoot. Some of you get divorced just over those problems. Just, ah, you're disgusting. I'm out of here. Better or worse, you're the worst bit. <laughs> you and I can drive in a car and take five days to get to California. It used to take them two and a half months by horse. Giddy up, giddy up. How sore do you think your legs and inner thighs are if you galloped on a horse for two and a half months up and down Colorado mountains and so forth? And some people tell you today you're a victim. Someone from the 1800s would come to your house and slap you. <laughs> They're literally like, you, you're a victim. Oh, really? Flushing away your poo, but you a victim. House doesn't stink, but you a victim. Had to go out in the cold and cut down wood and you just go. But you a victim. Do not follow people who say you are a victim. It is the exact opposite of the Spirit of Christ for a Spirit of Christ is an overcomer. 
Now, it doesn't mean you have not gone through bad things. It doesn't mean bad things don't happen. Bad things happen to everyone. But how many know Romans 8, 28 says, but we know in all things, He works together for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. How many know all things mean all? That, therefore, even the worst scenarios can turn in your good and you say, God, I don't know what you have to teach me in it, but I am going to allow the Spirit of God to give me a lesson. I have met some people and they've gone through some horrible things. And you know what? They have a better attitude than many other people that I've seen. One of the people in our church, I promise you, his childhood was worse than almost all y'all. I have never heard a story like his. It is shocking what that man went through. And he is one of the most thankful men I've ever met. The gateway to a right perspective is the attitude of gratitude. And 10 of them are getting healed. Someone say 10. 10 of them are getting healed. 10 of them are getting healed. And, and how many know you're in a rush? If you haven't seen your family in a while, you're in a rush to go see them. I get it. I want to see mum. I want to hug mum. Some of them haven't seen their wives. They haven't seen their kids. And the Bible says that Jesus tells them, go to the priest. And the priest would literally declare them clean. And once they are clean, they are now invited back into the city, back into the family. And there is a P-A-R-T-Y because I've got a, there's a party going on. And they get to hug everyone and they haven't touched anyone for months, perhaps years. And their fingers are back and their toes are back and their noses are back and their ears are back. And they can see again. And it's a beautiful party. And then the Bible says that one of them comes back to give Jesus praise. How many know in the busyness of your life, you can be so focused on the blessings of your life that you forget to thank the one who actually gave you the blessings? In the busyness of celebrating their blessings, they actually miss a blessing by coming back to give Him praise. But one of them comes back and the Bible says that he literally falls at his feet and he begins to thank God. Why does he thank God? Why is he exuberant? Have you ever got to church you're like, why is that person exuberant? Now, sometimes it's just their personality and every once in a while you meet someone and they wanna be the center of attention. But most of the time, most of the time it's because they actually Say, Jesus, you healed my soul. So let me lift my hands and let me praise the Lord. Why? Because you healed my soul. You may not have a leprous physical condition, but how many know that humanity is under the leprosy of sin? And what was in the Old Testament of the leprous nature of sin, theologians say, that is the sole condition of man. He is outside the city, outside relationship. But how many know that the words of Jesus are eternal words and those words bring eternal life into your soul? Come on, is there anyone in here thankful? Anyone in here thankful? Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks. Someone say, give it. Come on, say, give it. I will give thanks to you. You gotta give it away. I gotta give it away. I have to give thanks, not just feel thankful. I have to give thanks, not just, oh, Jesus knows my heart. <laughs> he just knows it, you know. I just don't have to tell him. He just knows it. No, he says, no, 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 the nine knew it, but the one came back. Yeah. 
And the one came back to give him praise. And watch this now, he falls at his feet. And what does he do? He praises. Excuse me, I don't know what that was. Must be a little stuffing left over from Thursday. You know you filled yourself with stuffing. When Sunday, it's, it's still here. <laughs> Let me take a drink. <sighs> That's good. All right, we can move on. Can I have a, can I have a coat? Hold this one second, Ashley. This is John Costello's coat. Thank you, John. (laughs) Merry Christmas to me. He might get it back. We'll see how it goes. When you put on Thanksgiving, you put on a new garment. And how many know that when you put on something nice, you seem to walk a little different? You look a little different? You know the saying, look good, feel good. And, and there's something about when you put on nicer clothes, you start acting different. And this is actually what happens to all of us when we clothe ourselves with a new garment called thanksgiving. It is literally attractive to heaven and heaven sees it and heaven pays attention to it. It says, man, this guy is going through it, but he is still praising me, still thanking me. This woman is still going through it, but she's still thankful. And do you know that even angels wonder and actually marvel at Christians who are going through tough times and yet still praise the Lord. This is why the Bible says that even when you're going through a trial and a tribulation, keep giving thanks because there is a lesson. I promise you there is a lesson in thanksgiving that you find nowhere else. Watch when the man comes back to thank Jesus. Do you know what he says? He says, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. And then Jesus looks at him and says, son, your faith has healed you. How many know that's a key? Nine get healed. Nine don't get the lesson because nine don't give appropriate thanks. One comes back, but one gets an extra lesson. Both are blessed, both are healed, but how many of you would like the extra lesson too? How many of you would like the extra key too? See, Jesus gives them the key to the next time they're in trouble. Next time you're in trouble, you don't just need Jesus to show up because how many know he wouldn't always be there for them? But if they had faith, then all of a sudden they had the key. But watch this now. Now, come over here. Excuse me. Maybe come up here, Ashley. Come on, give Ashley a hand. How many appreciate (laughs) Ashley? Where's my thing, Ashley? never helped someone before. (laughs) 
doesn't, doesn't smell that good. Doesn't smell that good. Doesn't look that good. And this is what you and I look like when we are unthankful. When we are thankful, we put on a cloak. But when we are unthankful, we put on another cloak. You ever met someone, they should be happy, but they're whiny as hell? Just, uh, come on, I'm just preaching it the way I feel it. Just whiny, just, they're on vacation and whiny. Ah, nothing ever goes right for me. Nothing ever goes right for me. I just wanna tell you, this is how you look. You got the wrong coat on. Ah, 2021, there's too many problems in the world. I'm a victim. No, you're not. If God is in you, you are an overcomer, but you better start declaring that you are and change one's mind. God has not called you to be a victim, but victorious. He has not called you to be overcome, but to overcome itself. But we miss moments, don't we church? Thanksgiving, praise and worship is not the warm up. It's to get you ready. It's you, you, you were hanging out with people and they were whining and complaining all week and then all of a sudden you walk into worship. But how many know that sometimes it takes a while to put on true thanksgiving? Listen to what Psalm 9 says. Psalm 9 says this. It says, I will give thanks to you. Sorry, I need someone else to help me with my wardrobe again. Come up here one second. It do, actually, you can stay right there. Yeah. All right. Now, now, how many know the first time you say, you ever, you ever, I guarantee all of you have had this happen before, your parents looked at you when you were young and they were like, say thank you. And you were like, thank you. <laughs> you were verbally thankful, but how many know it had not yet hit your heart yet? You were spoiled and you, you wish you didn't have to clean your room and clean your bed and tidy up and you had to go to school. You were unthankful for an education that others wish they had. But, but here's the thing. I found that thankfulness starts a little bit at a time. Just thank you. And you kind of like put it on a little bit and thank you. And how many know sometimes your parents will make you stay there until you kind of look a little more thankful? They're like, say thank you. And you're like, thank you. No, mean it. And you're like, thank you. And then later, yeah, thank you. How much have I done for you? Thank you. And then slowly, it's like your heart changes. And you're like, ah, yeah, you do cook and clean for me all the time. You did raise me, feed me, love me. Thank you. Thank you. And it's like it takes a little while. And the same is in church. Sometimes the worship leader gets up there and they're like, come on, how many of you need to thank God? And you're like, thank you. <laughs> the, it, the truth is your mind is not there yet, is it? It's, it's getting there though. It's like you are slowly clothing yourself. And I had a couple of people share with me. I had challenged our church last week to write down a hundred things they're thankful for. And a couple of people shared it with me on Instagram and I had met someone yesterday and they're like, oh my gosh, I did that. I, I wrote down a hundred things I was thankful for. And, but how many know that once you're like a hundred in, 
now you're wearing this and you're joyful and you're happy and you weren't an hour ago and now you are I came back this Thanksgiving or this Thanksgiving weekend four weeks from Easter sorry Christmas <laughs> getting ahead of myself <laughs> I came back to give God thanks how about you for 2021 and what God has done in our church. At 2022, sorry, 2020, right before COVID hit, our church was experiencing more people than ever experienced before. And, and, and I heard lots of church leaders say they're, they're not coming back. A lot of them are never coming back. And a lot of them are never coming back. And just this last two weekends in a row, we had more people in our church than, than we ever had in 2020. We had more people in transform groups than ever before. We had more marriages actually telling Pastor Fernando and I that we are restoring things that are broken. We've had more things, more kids in our kids' space. We've had more youth in our youth. I came God to give God thanks for that. How about you? Maybe 2020 wasn't that great. Maybe 2021 wasn't that great. But thank God, still showing up, still blessing me. Maybe you're not where you could be or should be, but maybe you're not where you used to be. I was talking to one of our Transform leaders the other day and I said, who's your, who's your MVP? And without giving it away, I was like, is that the guy who literally wanted to end his life a year ago? He's gonna be your MVP? He said, man, you can't even believe it, how he's changed and how he's grown. And this guy is just moving forward and thanking God. And a year ago, he wanted to end his life. I thank God for every leader in our church. God for everyone who serves in our church. I thank God for my son. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my nephew. I thank God for my friends. I thank God. I want to tell you this too. Let me just brag and boast on that church a little bit. Steph, what do you think? Man, one day, do you know one day in heaven I'm going to sing just like, well, more manly version than Steph. Because she sings very feminine. But my voice is going to sound kind of like this manly version of Steph. It's going to be awesome, I think. Oh. I'm gonna help with the choir and stuff. It's gonna be great. What do you think? Yeah. Oh. Me and Haz are gonna lead the, some choir, some worship. No one would lead, let us lead worship in real life. But one day when we get to heaven, those gonna be like, I blessed you. church committed in last November, last Thanksgiving, 423,000 to believe and build as a church so that we can expand. And for the future of our church, our current building team is actually looking for a new space. And, and uh, it's amazing what God's doing. Um, and normally, you know, any time of commitment, maybe 70% or 80% of that come in. But our church actually gave 23,000 above that. Can I, can I thank God for that? Can we thank God for that? Can we thank God for that? I'm just exercising thankfulness. How about you? I'm exercising thankfulness. How many of you ever complained about the age you are? <laughs> but then I, I look back and I'm like, 
in your teenage years. And I'm like, well, some of that just felt like it was a lot of drama. And then I thought of the early days of that church. I was like, I wouldn't want to go back there. That was a lot of hard work. I worked full-time teaching tennis and, and then at nights and church and Sundays. And I'd be, I was like, I don't want to go back there. So thank God I'm 44 years young. Thank God. Thank God. I said 44 years young. That's right. Not old. 44 years young. It's just a new mindset. <laughs> How many need to embrace that? You're like, ah. Because the, the truth is in 20 years, I'm going to look back and go, I was young. <laughs> but in 20 years... I won't be young. But fast forward another 20 years and I would have thought I was young. It is in my mind. The Bible says, give thanks to the Lord with all your heart. Come on, is there anyone in here thankful for Jesus? Thankful for the forgiveness? Thankful for the blessings? Thankful for the parents you had? Thankful for your mind, your heart. Come on, can we use our hands? Some people don't have hands. Some people don't have feet. Some people don't have it. They don't. Come on, can we thank God? Come on, can we sing this? Great is your faithfulness. Come on, let's sing with all our heart.
nice looking coat. Some of you are going to smell different when you walk out of here. And it wasn't the cologne. It's your attitude that shifted. It's your spirit that shifted. But the most important exchange of coats you must make is not the coat of thankfulness. It's literally the coat of your own righteousness. If I was to show up to a wedding Imagine I was going to perform the ceremony. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we are gathered here today and joined in holy matrimony. You're like, Pastor, I mean, this is a nice wedding. What are you wearing? What are you doing? The truth is, if you were to walk into heaven in your own righteousness, you'd look exactly like this, just worse. See, when you're playing in a dirty field, mud everywhere if you've ever played football and you're just like tackling each other in this mud have you ever noticed that some guys have got less mud and some guys got more mud like oh, look how muddy you are look at muddy and sometimes comparing your own goodness is like comparing bad you're like oh I'm less muddy than this guy but if you were to walk into a wedding all of a sudden you realize you are not appropriately dressed you gotta understand that heaven is a place of perfection so here's the deal you can either be perfect or you can be forgiven. But I don't know about you, I've never met a perfect person. So the essence is you must be forgiven. See, when Jesus came, he literally dawned this outfit, literally died the death of a criminal, so that the unrighteous would be declared righteous. He literally took off heaven's garments and put on sin's garments, so that you and I could take this off once for all. Let me help me, Fernando. Take that. Isaiah one eighteen says this. Come now, let us reason together. It says, though your sins are like scarlet, it says they shall be as white as snow. Though the red as crimson, they shall be like imperfect people there's very imperfect people broken people nice people but sinful people Jesus died for you Jesus died for me to take away your garment of shame and to give you a new garment so that you could literally walk into the house of God held up head up high you could walk into heaven in full assurance knowing that you are forgiven literally a new coat put on you you're like yeah but it's not your righteousness it's his all across this place would you close your eyes Father I thank you for every man I thank you for every lady here Lord you know their state and you know where they are you know their upbringing you know their faith levels you know their past their present and their future Lord your word says you demonstrate your love for us while we were still sinners and didn't like you, didn't seek you, didn't know you. You said you died for us and you rose from the dead. 
and you proclaim that you are the resurrection and the life that whoever trusts in you they shall be forgiven they shall become sons and daughters of the most high God that they shall be given the gift of eternal life this world proclaims there are many many ways to heaven but Jesus you said I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. His blood is not against you, it's for you. His invitation is for you. He does not point out your dirty garments to shame you. He simply tells you because it's true. But then He says, would you exchange your old coat for a brand new coat? Would you literally exchange doing life your way for my way? Jesus says, come and follow me. That's really what it means to believe upon Him. So in this place, right here and right now, it'll be the honour of my life to simply pray a prayer with you. And that prayer can be the defining moment of your life where you take off by the grace of God old natures and old behaviours and change your mind and say, God, I need Your mercy. I need Your grace. I want to walk with You. I don't want to do this thing alone. I've lived long enough with no purpose, no meaning. I've, I've broken my own standards, God, but I want Your gift of grace. So all across this place, all eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Those watching online, eyes are closed. In a simple moment of surrender and prayer and faith, we're going to pray for Jesus to exchange our garments and to give us new garments all across this place. Come on, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I take off my garments and I ask you for your garments. Clothe me in your grace. Forgive me of my sin. From this day on, help me walk, reflecting you. Anoint me to be a friend of God, to be a generation changer. I need your grace. I receive it now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. While eyes are closed all across this place. If you meant business with God today, would you quickly raise your hand, raise it up real high, long enough and high enough for me to see it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Hands going up all over. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those in the back, those in the middle, every man, every woman, proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every hand. I thank you for every heart in this place. Holy Spirit, may this day be a brand new day for them. Plant them in your house. Fill them with your purpose. God, break the things that they cannot break themselves. But God, give them a heart, Lord, that is after you. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, let's give God one more. Come on, clap of thanksgiving in Jesus' name.